that's not really JMU's MO. We are slow and methodical in everything we do. I would be shocked if January 1st rolls around and we have a football game. Well, I think you're probably right. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Lila McRae. And welcome into another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County sports podcast. Glad to have you. Joe Deck is with me. Joe, in Augusta County, the new news of the week for high school football, Brad Lutz at Broadway leaving the Gobblers and going to William Byrd, going to coach down in that Roanoke area. And uh, that was surprising. When I saw that headline come across, I think uh, in Cody Elliott's article, uh, we'll share it. Uh, it surprised me. It surprised me that he's leaving. Yeah, William Burt actually wasn't that bad this year. Uh, they've got a up-and-down program. Um, a little familiar with them. I actually had a cousin graduate from William Burt High School down there in Vinton, Virginia, in the Roanoke area. And he's going to be a terrier now. And I, it's a bigger school than Broadway. I think it's a move that the Roanoke area is a very competitive area. And I think if he has... Uh, no disparagement meant for Broadway here, but in terms of, you know, lateral move or upward mobility or downward mobility in terms of coaching, I do view this as a slight upward mobility move. If he can compete in that Roanoke area and win down there, uh, he's going to be seeing Salem's. He's going to be seeing Pulaski counties. Uh, he's going to be seeing Blacksburg, Christiansburg, uh, some teams to, and down that way that are pretty good. So if he can win against those kind of teams and he wants to move up past high school, that will help him do that. You know, I, I do think it's a slight move up. And I mean, he's built a good thing in Broadway and, and mm -hmm. Broadway being a Riverheads guy, I always looked at Broadway as kind of that, you know, out in the county high school that reminds me of a Riverheads or Buffalo Gap down here. So, you know, I, I think it's a school that I've always paid attention to. I used to work in Broadway, so I just paid a lot of attention to him. Uh, he had built a lot of, uh, hype around the team. They were, um, they had Brett Favre come to town and they were on NFL network and, uh, he got to go to the super bowl. I mean, just so many cool things that involved him and that, that team, they have some great traditions up there, especially honoring the military and a, a fallen soldier that had played on the team in the past. So I really respect, respect what he has done at Broadway. A lot of that can still continue a lot of that tradition, a lot of that, um, respect, but you also got to look it hasn't been a super winning program. And I think Broadway is, prides itself on the winning seasons they've had and in the past and more of them. So in the nineties, but only, you know, the last four seasons have not been winning seasons and no only playoffs. one season's 2010. They've only, only had one winning season. So a uh, good opportunity for him to kind of take a step up when he really wasn't dominating at where he was. Yeah, and sometimes in high school, it's who you know, right? Uh, yeah. As well as in the real world and not necessarily sports jobs. Sports jobs is kind of something where you expect success to breed success and moving up. But sometimes in the high school sports, it's who you know. And I, I don't know his connections to William Byrd High School or if he has any. But uh, I do know that, like you said, Broadway is a program that is used to winning. And they haven't been able to do that recently, which has been kind of surprising. So... With that being said, I think it's a that's yeah. a, possibly another reason for the move, right? We don't know what maybe, what maybe. was going on at Broadway. Maybe Broadway was starting to get a little loud and grumbly, and he was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to make a move. So parent noise or something. Yeah, yeah you, you never know. We and we don't know that. We're just you just wonder. Um, I, I know um, they were very. I mean, that's a Southwest Virginia football team mm -hmm. in rockingham county i mean they are a town built on friday nights and everybody goes and everybody cares about the football teams i mean there's two different restaurants i think that are like set up for the high school you know that are gobbler based so um i'm happy for him i'm interested to see who takes over there i knew a uh, one of the coaches on the staff so i'm, I'm going to try to reach out to him maybe get some inside information before next week but uh interesting move up there at broadway will shake up the valley district at least a little bit uh not too much other high school football news they had the all-star game at jmu uh this this weekend uh this past weekend a lot of the players we know were involved all seniors looked like a very 
fun and good experience. I do have to take a little bit of pride being a Riverheads guy. The the, the Shenandoah team that was built off mostly 2A teams and, and uh, Riverheads kids shut out 42 nothing the teams that were all 3A teams from the northern side. That's just pride for the southern southern half of this area. But uh, a good game. I think it's a good tradition. I hope they can t- continue that. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of negatives uh, coming yeah. out of that. I saw a lot of people happy about it and very looking forward to the next one. Uh, and I, not- I think all the player quotes were very positive. And they just like, I mean, for some of those kids, it is the last game they'll play. And so yeah. getting to play it at a place like JMU, I know a lot of the schools in the area are lucky enough to play at the JMU showcase games, but for the ones that aren't uh, to, to have that opportunity is very special. Another all-star game that happened, the, the VH SCA uh, and excuse me if I got that wrong, uh, but a couple local players playing down there. Carter Rivenberg played very well in that game mm-hmm. uh, down there played in Southwest Virginia. So, uh, you know, it's, it's good. A lot of local kids uh, having some uh, good success in these all-star games. Got to appreciate it. Yeah. Jumping over to high school basketball and really the one game of note that happened since last week, uh, the big Lee versus Wilson matchups guys and girls last Friday and uh, Lee came out on top and on the boys and where we talked to Patrick last week, he was kind of leaning Wilson, maybe being the strongest team and, and one game doesn't decide it, but play, being played at Wilson for Lee to get that win kind of gives them the upper hand as they move into the new year. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and I know that you and I have talked about this off air quite a bit in terms of basketball and just who we thought was going to be the best team in this area. And I, I know I told you, I was like, well, I know Ari Lee lost a lot and I'm not sure they're good enough to get back to a state tournament, but you just look around and you're like, man, Wilson lost. A, they had some kids that they thought might be coming out that aren't the church um, kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have, you know, and that's not just them. There's some other kids at other programs as well that yep. aren't coming out this year. And Riverhead's so with that, missing a kid, draft's yeah. missing a kid, Lee's missing a kid. Everybody's missing a kid. <laughs> yeah. And you look at that and you, you look at what Ari Lee did at the JV level. And I mean, they're just crushing everybody at the JV level too. And you're like, it's hard to believe that this isn't just going to come up and they're going to continue to dominate at the varsity level, even though they lost so much talent, they've got so much behind it. It's that pedigree at Lee. And even though it's still not the 90s, or early 2000s at Lee, there's still that pedigree that's built there. They're going to contend every year. They're going to be one of the strongest teams every year. And, uh, you know, Mickens grew up in that system, so he's going to keep that tradition alive. So, uh, yeah, it, it's I think every year it's Lee's until someone proves otherwise. I, I would agree with that. All right, uh, not much more on the high school level. We will get some wrestling talk with Tom later in the episode, so make sure you stick around for that. Let's move up to NCAA basketball uh, real quick. You know, Tech with a nice win against Washington uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I actually watched quite a bit of this game. Uh, We were texting back and forth during the game, and I I said something to you that, you know, I had to then watch myself in the second half when Washington went on that run. Uh, they were up 18 points at the half and then Washington makes a run to cut it down to nine. But then to Virginia Tech's credit and what was different than last year and other years under buzz has been is this team with and I think some of it's just experience um, is yeah. experience yeah. enough to not crumble under that. They they regained their composure and that game stayed about 10 to 12. It, it felt evened like, out. It felt like it was a 10 to 12 point deficit for Washington pretty much the entire second half after that little run to kind of get them within nine. But I I felt like the game just evened out. Like I know they were up pretty good in the first half and I missed most of the first half, but seeing the second half, seeing the stats coming out of halftime, I mean, Washington didn't really shoot that well in the first half and tech played really good defense. I think the game just kind of evened out and I'm pretty happy if it evened out and we're still 10 points better than Washington, Washington's a good solid pack 12 team. They're talking about them potentially winning the pack 12. They're not going to win the pack 12, but they're going to contend. They're going to be a upper tier team in yes. pack 12. And, and I, if we're 10 points better than them, it just keeps reinforcing that Virginia tech's pretty good this year. And I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. I, I think Virginia tech is probably a team that I would expect to see in the ACC semifinals right now. If I had to make a pr- prediction on where they would end up, at the end of the ACC conference tournament. I think they're one of the That'd four be best teams in the conference right now, uh, just watching what they've been able to do. And, and I texted this to you, and I, you know, UVA fans are going to laugh maybe, but watching Virginia, Virginia Tech is the second best team from beyond the arc in the country. And they play very good defense as well. So how did UVA lose to UMBC? UMBC shot the lights out. 
from three in that game. <laughs> and I know UVA fans can't believe we're mentioning this again, but I'm just glad that's, we brought it up. It's great. <laughs> that's that's how you beat UVA, right? You shoot well from three because they're going to give you the three. That's what UVA is just not going to let you inside. They're going to sit there and go, all right, if you can make the outside shot, good luck. And Virginia Tech can do that. So I think we did at at Charlottesville last year. I think I texted this to you. I I would not be surprised if Virginia Tech swept UVA this year, if they can shoot the lights out in both of those games. That's a, that's a bold statement. And and as much as we like to down on UVA, they're, they're a good solid team. They deserve to be highly ranked. They are a good solid team. I just don't like you. I just don't think they're built for a championship. I think they're, really good for regular season. I think, I think they're like a money ball team is how I kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're built for these statistical things to go their way and a lot can go their way. But then when you get into a tight spot in a tournament where you lose one game and you're done, it's not good. And, and they're not going to lose the first game every single season, but it's just hard to win six games when, you know, you, you you're, you're built like that. Yeah. Well, and okay. So you and I both listened to the Tony Kornheiser podcast. We heard Tim Kirching talk about this a little bit last week when he was talking about the Dodgers, right? Uh, and why the Dodgers oh, might not be they, a good yeah. free agent fit for Bryce Harper. The Dodgers are a great regular season team with, you know, we want to match up, have all these different matchups analytically. Uh, and so that's fine. But eventually in the playoffs, you got to play your best players. And yeah. they, they couldn't do that. And they didn't do that. And they lost. Because uh, they ran up to a team that's just better than they are. And so I think to bring this back to basketball at this point, it's fine if you want to play a, a team defense that holds the other team to 50 points a game and you score 55 points a game. That's fine. But the tournament is such you're playing games so condensed and it's really about who gets hot. And if you're playing a team that is hot and get, has just has a night where they just shoot the lights out of the ball and you're still your same self scoring 55 points a game, you're not going to win. Yeah. And that's what happens to UVA every year in the tournament. They get so upset about it when people bring it up. There's a reason you haven't been to a Final Four under Tony Bennett. It's because you don't score enough points. Now, this year... At some point, you got to score 80. This this year, allegedly, they're better at scoring. We'll see yeah. when the ACC play rolls around and uh, you know push comes to shove. And we'll see the same about Tech. I mean, look, yeah. maybe Tech's yep. defense will be exposed when they start playing you know, the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the UVAs. And maybe our offense won't be shooting second in the country from beyond the arc then either, but we'll, we'll just see how that plays out in ACC play. I would just say right now, Virginia tech looks really impressive. UVA does too, though. And you're, you're right. I mean, they're they're a team that's going to be at the top. One thing I'd really like seeing the BPI, which gets involved. I mean, it's involved in how things settle down in March, the top four teams in BPI were all in the ACC. It was like Duke, UVA, North Carolina Tech. I, I just I yeah. love that we're a part of that. If we make it to the semifinal Saturday, I will be absolutely elated. I've been waiting for that for years. Uh, under Seth Greenberg, we were a top four seed going to that tournament, and we would just lose in the quarterfinals, just barely to North Carolina and Hansborough or, or something like that. Yeah. I want to play on that final four day they made of, the, of ACC. Of ACC, they made it to the ACC championship one year. They lost to Tyler Hansborough in North Carolina that year. That wasn't the championship. I'm almost positive it was. I'll look it up later. We'll look it up and we'll prove me wrong. All right, let's move on to football because we actually do have some NCAA football topics to talk about here. And uh, Joe was wrong. I like to bring that up whenever possible. Mm -hmm. JMU did hire a head coach last week. Yeah, uh, Coach Signetti from Elon, now coaching JMU. Um, I got to be honest. I just don't have a strong opinion about this. I don't know. Uh, Apparently, he's a good recruiter. That's why he got the job. That's fine. That's what we need to do is recruit well, especially in the state of Virginia when you're the fifth best school to go to if you're a, if you're a potential college football player at the D1 level. So um, yeah, you got to be able to re- recruit well and convince some kids to come to JMU instead of an ODU or a Liberty, which is going to be harder to do now that they've moved up. But we've talked about that enough uh, the past few weeks. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just don't He's have a strong... Yeah, he won some games. I, I just don't have a strong opinion. He he won some games. He didn't do anything that I thought was outstanding. Um, but it's, what, what it's did you fine. think of Houston when Houston came? <sighs> he built he a program that was nothing, point. and that's true. I mean, I guess Signetti took Elon, who was really bad before he got there, yeah. and kind of built them up a little bit. So that's yeah. good. And and he's coming into a program that's already got a foundation. So hopefully, he can keep us where we are and maybe improve a little bit. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and again, I think, I think he is a little bit older. Maybe, maybe they're banking on him being a little more content. Maybe I think, I think this hire 
was trying to play both sides of the rail a little bit and uh, we'll see if it works out for him. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I guess this is a theme for me this week. My two, two teams made hires officially last week. JMU made the Signetti hire and the Orioles hired uh, Brandon Hyde as their manager. And both of those, I was just like, ah, okay. I mean, Hyde is good at developing young players. That's good. Cause we're going to need them to. And I don't think whoever the Orioles hired, and this will be our Orioles minute, uh, <laughs> but whoever the Orioles Ozone hired for a minute, <laughs> uh, it's we're more than one manager away in this rebuild. So he's fine. As long as he keeps improving our young players and gets us to where we want to be in the future. That was less than a minute. I like it. Uh, all right, let's move on from JMU. We have all off season to talk about that. I want to bring up the ACC bowl schedule. Cause so many times you've mentioned that the ACC, C isn't going to win a bowl game. And the only thing I came back with you strong about was the fact that I thought Clemson could probably win their semifinal. I let's agreed. quickly look at their, at the ACC bowls. The Good. first one coming up, Wake Forest versus Memphis in the Birmingham bowl on the 22nd. Why can't Wake Forest win that game? Cause they're Wake Forest. Why would they definitely win that game? But I don't know why you just rule that it is a loss. Let's move I said on. the ACC might lose all their bowl games. Boston College playing Boise State. Boston College was not a bad team this year. They can beat Boise State. Or were they just beating other bad ACC teams? No, they they Mm. won some games this year. Did they? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech playing Minnesota in the Quick Lane Bowl. (sighs) We'll see what happens. Is Paul Johnson still there? I don't know if he's still there. I don't know that quite. I don't know the answer to if that. If Paul Johnson's still there, I like Georgia Tech. If Paul Johnson is not there, I think they're going to lose. Duke versus Temple. Why can't Duke win that game? Because Temple's better than they are. I don't know. I like that quarterback out of Duke. I still like him. My, Miami yeah, I, versus Wisconsin. I like Wisconsin. him too because he made our defense look amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad night for him. Miami for I'll take it. Miami versus Wisconsin. Miami will lose that game because that's what Miami Definitely. does. Syracuse versus West Virginia. The asterisk here: West Virginia doesn't have Geyer playing. You mean Greer? Greer, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if anybody second. from West Virginia is listening to our podcast, they've stopped listening a long time ago. That's true. Um, <laughs> if the UVA fans are still listening, we're thankful. But the West Virginia yeah, fans got. I, I hear what you're saying there, and that does make that game interesting. I think, you know, uh, maybe Syracuse wins if Greer doesn't play. But because I haven't seen West Virginia's backup. But I would say if Greer's playing, Syracuse gets trashed. So all those bowl games, though, are very much where I They're think coin tosses, ACC, but I could see the ACC losing every single one of those. I do. I No way do I think that happens. In no way. Now, I'll concede the rest of them as less than likely – I UVA, would hope Virginia Tech Virginia can maybe Tech. beat Cincinnati, but Virginia is not going to beat South Carolina. Virginia Tech, I hope, can beat Cincinnati, but you are dead set that they won't. Stanford's going to beat Pittsburgh, and yep. A&M will beat NC State. I concede yep. the rest. I concede the rest. But before December 29th... Man, you just have no respect. Like, uh, Wake Forest, uh, I don't know where, why, what side of the bed you wake up on to see Memphis. Wake Forest is really good. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis. I don't know if you know this. Memphis was up on UCF at the half in their conference championship game. You know how many minutes Wake Forest would be leading UCF a lot differently. You know how many minutes Wake Forest would be leading against UCF? It rhymes with hero. The answer is zero. (laughs) And I do think Clemson wins their their semifinal. Sure, I don't count that as a bowl game, but yeah. Let's roll us into that argument. Yeah, you think? Okay, what is your ideal playoff? see, I know, I know where this conversation's going and it started with what is your ideal playoff? I don't mind what it is now because I know what it was. I I think it's so much better than what it was. I'm, I'm kind of okay with four right now. I would be okay with eight. I think seven days ago or six days ago, whenever we started talking about this, I kind of made the phrase that I wasn't so sure of going to eight would be the best. I would be just fine with eight. I really wouldn't argue with eight, but no more than eight. So now tell me what you want. I want 16 and I want, I want the fair college football playoff. How is eight not going to do that? Because you really think the 16 seed can win it. I know, but I don't think the 16 seed team can win it in March madness, but we let them play. 
So we've let them play a game and then they lose. I, let's just play eight. Get the conference champions nope. in there. Get the UCFs or Boise States or whatever the flavor of the month is in there and get it done. I I don't like, I do not at all want a 16 team playoff. I want a 16 team playoff. I want every conference champion in. That's 10 spots right there. Everybody has a seat at the table. Nobody can say they got left out or it's unfair system. It's a rigged system, which is what it is now. It's a rigged system. UCF's, if they went to an eight-team playoff tomorrow, Leland, UCF would be ranked number nine. They would not let the conferences that are outside the Power Five in. And that's my problem. That's why I want 16, all 10 conferences, their champion gets in, and then you have six wild cards. We're never talking about another wild card outside six wild cards that deserves a chance anyway. So put six wild cards in. That's because you already put four teams that don't deserve in. What? You already put four conference champions that have no shot. That are just going to get murdered by, they're going to host a game and get murdered. I would rather the American Conference be a Power 5 conference than the Pac-12 right now. Well, that's, that is a relevant thing to say with what every year it seems like the Americans putting somebody up and the Pac-12 can't get anybody out of there. That is a relevant point to say. But I, 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 why can't this be taken care of in eight? Why do we need that 16? Why do we need to go that extra level? I don't know. And then because, the logistic, logistically, how the heck does it work? Oh, uh, i tell you how Are it you, works. You get rid of the FCS game that's totally useless to everyone that turns on a television. It's so stupid. We're going back down to 11. Yep. And you don't play a conference championship. Ridiculous. Get Every rid of it. Every school that plays that makes a lot of money off those games. You, you think they're going to make a decision to get rid of money. Because all these schools, it's not just the teams that are going to be involved in the 16 imaginary playoff you're coming up with. That affects every team in every Power Five conference. So that the South Carolina won't five. get their FCS game. Yeah, good. Who cares? It's money. They're never going to do that. Uh, whether it's a they're going to make or not, more money. Care. They're going to make hey, more money in that playoff than they why would. Why not give the S- FCS team a chance? They've won games. Why not give them a chance to beat the big because boys? Because they decided to play JV football. That's why they decided to play JV football. So you kick them out. Don't give I, them a seat at the table. They have their own kid table. Let them fight at the kid table and let the big boys who play FBS football, let everybody have a chance. How much does LSU versus Alabama in week nine matter when there's a 16 team playoff, when LSU knows they can go to Alabama and lose and still make that tournament? Oh my God, Leland. Uh, why does that, what are like, we what talking does it matter about? then? Why, why do we watch the NFL regular season? Why do we watch any professional sport regular season? They all have playoffs. Why do we watch any of it? Because only six teams in a conference make it in. There's be less teams in the NFL making it in. That there's still percentage wise, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Percentage wise, no, it's not the same. Okay, so the regular season would matter I, more in college football. Eight teams is by far enough, and that still leaves urgency during the regular season, which goes away in the SEC conference if we go to that. Because you're going to get three SEC teams in there every year, every year. Okay. Go to eight team, and you're still only going to have two. No, you're going to get three. Still probably get three and still probably get them in the final four. I, I just, 16, C, 16 team seems like so much overkill. That, that, yeah, March Madness sucks. I hate watching, you know, these small well, schools people get People only show up in March. People only show up in March for college basketball. You and I watch it. It's in different. That's because they play 30 don't. games in a regular season. It's a totally different argument. Do people watch the NFL? Yes or no? <laughs> it's a people, loaded question. These people days. watch Cleveland. <laughs> people watch Cleveland Jacksonville in London at nine a.m. People, people will watch it, it because people it's are football. On it and people are playing fantasy sports. People NFL will watch it because it's football. football. People, no, no. Yes, NFL absolutely. Has stepped on college football for the last few years, Thursday night football used to be a thing until the NFL said, Nope, we don't want, we want Thursday nights now. And now NFL dominates NFL just dominates everything. College football needs to make sure their urgency is still relevant during the regular season and go into a 16 team playoff would absolutely kill that. Why? I'm sorry. Uh, Is the NFL playing on Saturdays? I'm just telling you, it's going to take a lot of the the spark that's in college football away. It's going it to take the urgency out of those not. these rivalry games. Auburn, Alabama, like 
you're going to get into November and you're just going to Alabama know makes the playoff now, Leland. Alabama yeah. didn't even win the SEC West last year and they won the national championship. So where was the regular season importance with that? If the regular yeah, season really mattered, loss. the regular season get, is a, that's a have, farcical argument. You're going to have three loss SEC, no. SEC teams in there. You're going to have three loss SEC, SEC teams. No, you in won't. A playoff. No, you won't. Because they're not going to be one of the six best wild cards. They will be because everybody's going to vote them in over no. the whoever lost the ACC championship because that's how much better the SEC is. 16 teams is so too many. It's no. double the amount that it should be. No. False. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> no, you're wrong. I mean, I'm sorry. There's there's no way that you can say this system. This system is better than what it used to be because we used to not have a playoff at all. But I hate that argument, too. Mike Leach is exactly right. Mike Leach is preaching this every week that somehow every other level of football has figured this out, that they make it a bigger playoff and teams play it out. And somehow it works at every level, but the FBS just can't quite figure it out. The FCS has 24 teams in the, in the regular season or in the playoff. And somehow it works. It's the money. They don't division two has uh, more than 16, I believe. And somehow it works. Division three has more than 16. Somehow it works. What's uh, FCS the 32. The FCS is 24. Were you not listening? I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier to beat you in an argument if I don't listen to what you say. Um, I somehow every other every other level figures it out, and I I just can't grasp it. Except um, maybe that the FBS is wrong here, and it wouldn't be that hard. I know on states on state on national semifinal day this year it's the 29th. Other years it's been New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whenever it is. It's must watch football for me. And I think at eight, it would still, all those games would still be must watch. Maybe one versus eight, maybe, maybe not quite as much. But if we start going to 16, I'm watching maybe two of that, those first round games. What makes March Madness so exciting, Leland? I mean, what makes it exciting? It works for basketball that everybody can oh, play. It can't possibly work in another sport. An, an upset couldn't possibly happen. So you, so why not double March Madness size, one twenty-eight? They're already talking awful. about that. Now that's a mistake, and I think that would be awful. So why is that a mistake? That's not giving, because that's every conference champion chance. is already in, and you have like thirty-two at larges. I just I think it's way too many, way too many. I think if you go to 128, you're taking half the country. Equivalent of 128. No, dead wrong. Oh my gosh, 16 Leland, 16 is barely over 10 percent of the schools that play FBS football. And we still only think one of the teams is going to win the thing. So why do we need four rounds to figure that out? Put everyone at the table. They, they, we're being sold that this is fair, right? At some point before this, before we go to a 16 team playoff, the power five teams are going to break away from the NCAA and that's fine. Then do it. If that's what they want to do, then do it because this isn't, this isn't fair what it is now. You can't tell everyone, oh yeah, you, you shouldn't be able to have your own national championship because technically, I mean, you could get in. They're not letting UCF in. Look at Florida. Florida UCF would be in if it was 18 playoff. They would. No, be. they would not. You are delusional if you think they would let them in. They're ranked seventh now. Say hi to Aslan. Yeah, that's because four teams get in. If they moved it to eight, UCF would be nine. They would change the rankings. UCF needs to get in a conference. I heard of something where Big They're 12. They're in the American. I heard the Big 12 is open to the idea of considering them again. I think that would be awesome because they're because they're they would wreck would be, that conference. It would be good for the Big 12 to be into Florida. And it'd be good for UCF. Leland, Florida University, who is worse than UCF, is telling UCF if they want to play Florida, they have to do two in Gainesville and one at at UCF. That's the game, man. That's the name of the game. And, and, and UCF should jump at that chance. UCF should, should every no UCF UCF should tell them to stick it where the sun don't shine. No, they should say, no. "Guess what, Florida? You're garbage. You're the third best team in the state of Florida. Maybe you might be the fourth best because South Florida might be better than you now. So go take your little Gator Chomp and go jump in a swamp because you're garbage. 
and I tell you what, we'll do a one-off. Jump at the chance to go play them. We'll do a one-off. We'll go to the swamp for a million dollars. You pay us a million dollars to come in there and embarrass you on national television, and then after it's over, we're gonna tear down your goalposts and run them through the streets of Gainesville on fire and say we're done here. <laughs> Quit, quit your it, program. UCF should say, if we beat you at the swamp, you demolish your football program. <laughs> you sorry down. losers. <laughs> All right. Well, we disagree on the 16 crazy playoff, uh, but I'm so I'm sure we'll come back to that. I did not know that that was something we disagreed with before last week. Let's move the conversation on to the NFL. I'll start uh, since I don't want to hear you talk anymore. Uh, the Steelers, <laughs> my Steelers, beat the Patriots. And really that only tells me one thing. I just don't think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl this year because I don't think the Steelers are very good. And if, if they're beating the Patriots, if they're able to hold the Patriots back like that, then I don't think they're very, I don't think they're as good as we're used to them seeing. Now I'm not saying the dynasty's over. I'm not saying, you know, back up the truck, but I am saying, I don't think the Patriots are very good this year based on the fact that they even were close games the last two weeks. Yeah, um, I would agree with you. I don't think the Patriots are going to win the AFC. I don't know who wins the AFC. Maybe the Chargers. I mean, I who I don't know a team that's very strong defensively in the AFC, so I don't see why the Chargers or Chiefs can't come out of that. The Chiefs won't because the Chiefs are falling. They they have not looked good the last two or three weeks, in my opinion. And they can right the ship in the last two weeks and everybody forget about it. Okay, well, teams so have done that. Teams Patriots. have done that in the near past. Uh, what are we talking about? So could the New England Patriots then? No, I, I think, I mean, they have five. It's just not what we're used to from the Patriots. I, even if they win the last two, I don't think that writes their ship. I think they have bigger holes than that. They're so centric to throw into Edelman. Gronk is either hurt or just not the player he was uh, ten months ago. Um, I. I, I just don't think they are what we think they are. I think the Chiefs are explosive on offense. I think that they can get it back going. I, I mean, if you say the Chiefs are dwindling, then you're saying the Rams are too. I think the Rams yeah. can just cut that back on too. No, you can't turn it back on. It's not, no. I disagree. The over, Kurt well, Warner Rams they're going to play it out because like they actually have, they have playoffs, so the NFL will play it out, unlike college football. But, um, yeah, everybody gets no to, playoffs exist. Everybody gets to go in the NFL. Everybody's represented. It's not like they look at the NFC East and say, oh, sorry, your division's too bad. We're not going to let you have a team in this year. Uh, so they're going to let every division champion, and then they're going to have two wild cards get in, which is pretty cool. I just I think the Chiefs or Chargers are going to come out of the AFC myself. Being a Steelers fan, having the Steelers beat the Patriots this week, I still think it's Chiefs or Chargers. I'm not a believer in the Texans. No, but maybe they win too. I don't know. Their defense is probably the best of the playoff teams. Probably so. Probably so. Um, the Ravens won. And unfortunately, because your Steelers won, it means we're not in first place in the division, which stinks because I think we're going to lose to the Chargers next week. Which, and we'll lose to the Saints. Yeah, which I was hoping you would lose <laughs> this week so that if we lost to the Chargers, you would lose to the Saints. We'd still be ahead of you. But it's not looking that way. So, and if you're asked, I know Lamar Jackson, apparently, according to ESPN, lit it up with his arm, uh, 14 for 23 point. with 131 yards and his yeah. passing touchdown, which was basically a handoff. I was going to say what he threw for 150, and that's not even that. <laughs> yeah, he threw for 131 and his passing touchdown was literally letting go of the ball as the receiver ran past him so the receiver could <laughs> catch it on an end around that is technically by rule a pass. So it was a passing touchdown from five yards away. So I, I'm glad you're already so negative about him because they're going with him. I awesome. mean, Flacco's going to be gone. Yeah, and uh, he did have a fumble, which surprise. Um, that's Lamar Jackson. So eventually the Ravens will figure it out. Uh, he beat another bad team. We're playing a good team in the Chargers. We'll lose because I have a feeling he's going to be a lot like Ryan Tannehill in the sense that he won't be able to beat a team with a winning record. Probably so. I hope so because I don't want them to uh... – past my Steelers because they're terrible, but I still want to make the playoffs. Uh, the Redskins won. We'll mention it because we know a lot of you guys listening in Augusta County are Redskins fans. Uh, and it's just because he played the Jacksonville Jaguars and they're absolutely terrible. Um, I mean, the Redskins, honestly, I'd be tanking. I'd be trying to get a high draft pick. <laughs> Why? They're a half game out of the playoffs. Yeah, they're not going to make it. Uh, Why? 
because they don't have a quarterback that's going to beat a decent team. Okay. I would make the argument they don't play a decent team. Who do they have next? The Titans. Who do they have after that? Philly. They'll the lose Eagles. to Philly either way. Oh, they will? The Eagles who are going to have nothing to play for at that yeah, point? Yeah, they got Foles. They got Foles playing now. Okay. The Eagles are going to be playing for something. They're ahead of the Redskins. Not after next week, they won't be. All right, we'll have to see what happens next week. We won't talk about it immediately, but yeah, we'll have to see. They're how playing that the Texans. Works out. They're not beating the Houston Texans. They're done. Yeah, they're not beating the Texans. All right, I was just happy the Cowboys got shut out too. That's always a special day. It's been like 15 years since that happened, so I appreciated it. Yeah, my brother did not share your sentiment. <laughs> I don't feel bad for your brother. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get over to Tom Jacobs and let's talk everything we can about wrestling. All right, we're back on the Jack Sports Podcast. We are now joined by Tom Jacob. It's, it's been a long time coming. We haven't had Tom on yet from the Daily News Leader. We've gone through the whole football season. Probably seen been in the booth with him more often on Friday nights than anybody else. But we're finally getting you on, Tom, for wrestling. We're glad to have you. Well, I, I had to tie Patrick up and put him in the closet up in the construction just to get him, keep him off the air. But uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, he finally cooperated. No, it, I, I'm glad. I'm glad to. to to be on, uh, it was. It's been great. It was great doing football season, having you guys. And I have to say, thank you so much for helping us out with the stats, because uh, sometimes it gets lost uh, track. And I, I'm glad I was able to keep it from you guys. And it made my stories better, made Patrick's stories well even more better. But uh, is that that a work term? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, no. But again, you guys helped us out a lot. And I appreciate it. I probably still owe you for that Friday night at uh, Gypsy Hill Park when they were in two rain delays or two oh. lightning delays, and uh, you came on air with us. So, uh, uh, big help, big help. That's great. <laughs> all right, well, we brought you on to talk about wrestling because you are all things wrestling for the newsleader as far as we see. And, and uh, you know, we, we are not deep into wrestling. We'll say that. We were very big fans of it. Uh, but we know Gap was good last year, so uh, how did the Bison look this year? Well, the Bison, uh, they, they have key players back uh, in Cullen Bendel, who won the state. He was an undefeated state champion at 138 last year. Ryan Benitez, and you know that name from uh, football. He was uh, he was in second at uh, 182. Uh, but that's all they really have. That They have those two back. Uh, Ryan Wilcher, who was a sixth-place finisher at 190 last year, and uh, Wesley Tinsley, who was a a qualifier at heavyweight they didn't come out i know i'm not sure why but i think you know wesley they both had in, uh operations on wesley on his knee and ryan on the shoulder and i know they may have other plans than wrestling so you know i don't, I don't blame them for not coming out if that that's the case uh but uh this is back and bendel is back and bendel this year is wrestling at 145 he up from 138 and that's a that's a jump because when you get out of the third when you get up to the middleweights, that's when things start to get. You got your good athletes there. You got your guys who are, you know, a little more. Uh, you got you know more experienced wrestlers up there. And, and Ben is a senior, so he'll, you know, he's going to run into some tough competition, which he already has this year. He was at. Uh, he actually lost his first match since the state tournament two years ago uh, uh, to Trey Hoover of TA in the semifinals of the uh, of the uh, Turner Ashby tournament. That, uh, but he came back and he won his next two matches to finish third. But uh, it's just an indicator of how how tough the competition could be in the middleweights um, with Ryan Benitez. Ryan finished first at 195 in that tournament. And uh, he's a, he was a heck of an athlete. He's, this is only his third year of wrestling. He came out when he was a sophomore two years ago and he won a district championship. Uh, and uh, so he's, he's really come a long way in, in a short time. And one wrestler who's back is Seth Fitzgerald. And Seth um, was uh, out for the first year when he was a, a, a freshman in, in 2017, but uh, he's now uh, he was didn't come out last year, uh, but he decided to come back out. And he's up at 220, and he finished seventh at, uh, at that TA tournament. His first year, he was a conference champion at uh, 182 pounds in this year, and uh, so it's you know it, so it's another athlete they have coming back there. And the other big change for this, uh, towards Josh Talbot, who was our coach of the year at the end of the year last year, uh, stepped down as the head coach. He took he's uh, in the corrections. Uh, Professions and he took a job uh, in Northern Virginia 
Uh, and uh, it, it was, you know, for, for him and his career, it was very good. And the new coaches, A.J. Dobbs and Nicky, uh, a Riverhead, uh, excuse me, a Robert E. Lee graduate, sorry, A.J. And, uh, and he also went to Bridgewater, and he's been an assistant coach there for three or four years, and he knows the kids well, and and uh, he's going to do a good job with that team. He's young, but you know he's going to do a good job with that team. So, Tom, I mean, we got a big low down there on Buffalo Gap, and I guess, you know, is Buffalo Gap a team that could compete at as a team at the state tournament and, you know, potentially win a state championship. And if not Buffalo gap, uh, who are, who are the other wrestling teams that we're looking around, looking at in the Shenandoah district this year? Buffalo gap, uh, last year only had seven or eight wrestlers in the room, but they still managed to place high in the team competition because the guys they had did so well, Cullen Bendel, Jaden Penrod, who did not come out last year. He was a region qualifier come out this year. I mean, um, and they had enough guys who did well to pile up the points when you get in team competition. This year, there's not there's a little bit more inexperience on the team. Some young wrestlers coming up. Some young uh, Bryce Hildebrand is one to mention. He's a freshman. He's he, he's going to be a solid contributor. But point wise, it might be tough for them to uh, to duplicate what they did last year uh, because they lost guys like Tinsley and Penrod who didn't come out and uh, and Wiltshire. Uh, and uh, Daniel Landrum was a senior last year. He was another uh, point scorer for them. Uh, the teams that look pretty solid right now, w- uh, Wilson last year had a phenomenal year last year. They won the Shenandoah District. They won the uh, Region 2B championship, and they finished fourth as a team overall uh, in uh, Class 2, and it was just a phenomenal year for them. Uh, they had 10 state qualifiers, and nine of them are back this year. Uh, wow. Yeah, leading the, uh, they have uh, Cadley Jarvis at uh, 113. He was a uh, cha- region champion at 106, and he's back. Uh, we have uh, Matthew Holmes, uh, who's a state qualifier at 126. Marshall Hubbard, Michael Deegan, uh, and uh, Noah Campbell, Chase Wilson, Michael Holmes, uh, uh, and uh, Tony Carter and Cameron Sprouse. They're all back from last year, and they could, uh, and it's going to be uh, a real fun year for them i think they've already started off well uh so they finished second at the turner ashby tournament uh and that was a pretty high high powerful tournament a powerful tournament first colonial was the champion there uh but uh they had uh no one won a, a, a title there but they all medaled finished high so you know that's the kind of thing that's going to be their strength they're still looking for their first state champion of their program but they've had strong teams the last couple of years. Also, Riverheads also, uh, you know, they're wrestling in class one when they go to state competition. Uh, they finished second to uh, Wilson Memorial at the Shenandoah District, and then they went on to win the Region A slash B tournament. Because of the team sizes and the amount of teams uh, in Regions 1A and B, stop me if you've heard this one before, uh, <laughs> uh, they're not enough. So they combine the two regions into one tournament, uh, and they send them on to the states that way. Uh, but Riverheads had, uh, they finished third overall last year at Class 1 behind Grundy, which was just a phenomenal team. They were in 2A uh, two years ago, but when they re- we did the uh, alignments, they got dropped down to one. And Rural Retreat, which is another uh, power in uh, Class 1 wrestling, they finished second ahead of Riverheads. Uh, Riverheads, uh, the big guns coming back for them. G.W. Schultz, a state yeah. champion two years ago yep. at 113, but he finished second 3-2 to two in overtime to a kid from Grundy last year. So he's back working on uh, getting to uh, getting back to the top of the podium. He finished second at the TA tournament. If you just give me a second here, I have all this stuff at my fingertips, allegedly. <laughs> but uh, also back for them is Lane Cash, who finished second at 126 last year, and uh, Hunter Sams, who finished third at 132, and Cam Cash, who is uh, Lane's Brother, he finished second at 106 last year, so they got four state placers coming back. And so far, they've gotten some nice efforts out of a freshman by name Kalen Kwasinski. Uh, he finished fourth at, T- at the TA tournament, and he finished fourth at the Harrisonburg tournament, 160 pounds. So he's a we got and a freshman starting off at 160, and he's starting off well. So he's going to be a big point scorer for them. Uh, also back is uh, now they have Jonah Robson, who was a uh, Lee last year, and he. he Came over to Riverheads. Uh, he played some football, but he and his uh, brother Jude are going to be wrestling for the, the um, 
for the Gladiators, and Jude uh, won the Harrisonburg tournament at 106. Wow, good. Yeah, Jonah was second at Harrisonburg at 220. So, uh, I mean, R- uh, Riverheads are set up to be another strong team. Um, yeah, and they traditionally uh, are, are strong. I mean, we you know, Gap is traditionally strong, Riverheads traditionally strong. So it, it sounds like Riverheads is going to have a chance to go pretty deep down in the 1A again. Yeah, they have a good shot. But again, when they get, you know, they're going to get to the state tournament, which which uh, will be in Salem again this year. They're going to be running into Grundy and roll retreats. So they're going to have to have their hard hats on to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to compete with them. I mean, they'll pick up their share of medals, but to win the team title, it, you know, they, you know, it, it, you know they're going to need, they're going to, need to, uh, to you know, step it up just a little bit when they get to that level. Um, and uh, yeah, another team to talk about is Fort Defiance. Yeah, I was going to ask about the Valley District and how they were looking. Well, Fort Defiance last year had a, had a solid year. They were third in Region C after uh, Region 3C and after finishing third in the Valley. And that's that's a tough region. Region 3, uh, Class 3 is is a meat grinder because you have teams like Christiansburg. You have teams like Cave Spring. And they're the tr- traditional powers like uh, such as them. Uh Fort Defiance has several wrestlers back from last year. Uh, Aiden Mongold, uh, he's back at 113. Lane Weaver at 126. Braylon Sandy at 152. Gabe Strassner at 160. And Aiden Powers at 195. And they're all back, and they had uh, good efforts at the Harrisonburg tournament. And I had to talk to Gary Kinzer, who's really built up a nice program down there. He's a lot of love, a lot of tough love, a lot of, uh, a lot of hard work, and he's really... You know, he comes from Ohio, and that's a hot bit of wrestling out there. And he's really, he's really helped get that program back on its feet. And uh, you know, he's got a good youth program going. Uh, he did lose uh, a tough wrestler in uh, Tyler Michael, who was a two-time state place winner uh, at heavyweight. Uh, he moved on to college, and uh, that's going to be a tough loss to overcome. But he was still, that's the kind of wrestler that Gary is uh, is producing down there. Uh, they're thin in some areas, but you know, again, they're you know they'll ha- they'll have a good chance to uh, to make some noise in the Valley District. Um, when we're getting, you know, we're talking about individual wrestlers coming back, just some of the, uh, the top ones, but, uh, no, we have, we have several state place winners and, uh, you know, and the state champions I, I mentioned, uh, we had, like I said, Matthew Holmes, he finished, uh, fifth at 113 last year. Uh, we have, um, Tom Branham from Wilson to mention him. He was, uh, he was a region champion coming back it's going to be more of an individual than it is team wilson has a good shot to repeat his district and, and uh and region champion uh there's so many good teams uh that it's going to be tough uh it's going to be tough team wise but uh it's still going to be a, a fun year um and uh the schedule is always long you always feel like it never ends but it's i i've been i've enjoyed it whether i've been you know from the time in new jersey to here and i've seen some good wrestling in both states and uh it's a, it's a sport that I've enjoyed to I've grown to enjoy. So, so, looking at you know Valley and Shenandoah district, you know what is you know one or two wrestlers that probably are the most exciting for you, you to watch? Like you, you're at a tournament, you're not going to miss them on the mat. Well, I have to tell you, Colin is Colin Bendel was an animal last year. He really didn't get challenged too much until he got to the state championship match, and he really had to pull that one out because he had a lead. On uh, uh, the wrestler from um, from Appomattox, uh, he had like a nine-two lead, and the kid came back on him to uh, to almost pull out, but Cullen held it off. But he's he's always uh, he's an, he's been a, a, he was aggressive all last year. He took it to his opponents. He got a lot of first period, second period pins, and he's one guy I enjoy watching. And G.W. Schultz is another guy I enjoy I enjoy watching because he's a good technical wrestler. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, and if he does, he finds himself finds a way to get himself out of it. Uh, I enjoy watching um, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Ryan Benitez because he was just he just a com- combination of the strength and athleticism that really uh, made a, uh, made a huge impact for them. And those are just the two of the guys that I really I really enjoy uh, enjoy uh, watching when they take the match. Tom, uh, I'm sure the state meet is you know one of the meets you look forward to every year, but what is another meet outside of the state championship meet that you just enjoy covering? Well, uh, we have our own tournament on January 12th, the News Leader Tournament, and it's been going for almost 30 years. Oh, self- 
promotion. Yeah. <laughs> well, geez, I mean, you know, uh, we don't have a cool name like the boss, so we have to, we have to we just have to go with what we got, you know. But but uh, the news of the tournament is always good. We have the, all the, almost all the local teams there, and uh, you get a good good idea to see who's better than whom uh, when you're uh, in that tournament. Uh, and then you know it, it, it sets up to, pretty well for a couple weeks later for the, the district tournaments. Where this year on are all on the same day, uh, February second. The Shenandoah tournament is at uh, Stonewall Jackson again, and Stonewall did a great job uh, hosting the tournament. Nice place to uh, have the tournament. And the Valley District is back TA this year, and uh, those are always those are always tough tournaments. Uh, you know the Shenandoahs uh, when you when you throw in uh, you know Stonewall has their share good wrestlers and page and lu-ray and uh, you know it, it it's not like like football where you have a real big drop up there there's a pretty solid foundation of wrestling in the shenandoah and the valley has such a great tradition too um uh, the region tournaments are the week after that region 2b is uh is at strasburg this year uh like it was two years ago that you got ready for a road trip at that and speaking of road trips riverheads will be at the 1a 1b at matthews and then uh region 3c is at spotswood this year close to home and of course, they, the, the the great thing, the better thing about the state tournament last year, they kind of messed it up. The BHSL did. There's some things I wish they would rather do, but they had class one and two at Salem. They had class three and four at uh, at Portsmouth, at a high school in Portsmouth, and they had five and six on, on, on another high school. And at at Salem, when you only have two classes there, it just kind of sucks the the light, the excitement out of it. It's, it's almost like having it in a, in, a, in, a, in a mausoleum. It was just the excitement was there. But this year they're bringing class three back there. Uh, and uh, uh, so it's going to be a little more juice there. So that'll be more fun. But uh, and that's the 15th and 16th of, uh, of February. All right. Good and... Valentine's present, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it, it's a little late, but, you know, I, I always open my heart for that one. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, like I said, I mean, it, it, I wish the state would do some things different, but. You know, uh, you know, this is a step in the right direction because I think they really uh, didn't do the right thing when they split the thing up into two groups, two classes for each venue. At some point, Joe and I are going to create a anti VHSL uh, podcast, and we'll make sure we you have we have you on at that time. So. You know, I know that you know, I, you, know you don't <laughs> want to sit here and bash these people. You, know, you don't want to bash these people because they, you know, it's almost a thankless job because Joe you know, Joe does it weekly. So <laughs> oh, I know. Well, you know, you know those people from Sarando have a bad idea. It's true. We do. Attitude. But we do. No, I know. No, but the thing is, I, 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 you know, they're trying to, they're doing the right thing, but I, I just, ha- I, I just would love to see them do something similar to what they do in other states, like in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, where they have separate team tournaments and then they go to separate individual tournaments. And I think, I think if you do something like that, I think it, you know, it, it, it's when you, when you score the team, the team title, like you have one team like Christiansburg will have 14 kids, all their kids there. You have other kids, other teams might have only one or two. To me, if you're going to determine a team champion in a sport, it has to be like you do with other sports, a one-on-one thing. You know, you, hasn't, you know, hasn't Christianburg won it like for a decade or something? They, they have. They, they're, 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 they're a dynasty, and you know, it's part of the history of this, uh, of, of this of wrestling in the state. You have teams like Christiansburg. You have the teams from the Southwest. You have uh, Granby, where the Granby Roll was invented. You know, the, uh, the wrestling move. You have. You have Great Bridge schools like that. I mean, it, there's such a tradition in there. I sometimes wonder whether it's serviced as well as it should be uh, statewide. All right. And Tom, we'll get you out of here on a question we like to ask all of our guests. Uh, what is something that you're watching right now on Netflix or whatever streaming services that you you have or on TV that you're binge watching right now when you're not covering high school sports? Well, it's, uh, I, I, I jump around a lot. Uh, I've been, you know, we have kind of a cut. We're off. We, we've cut the cable. So we're on the Roku thing. We'll get some stuff streamed and we have Netflix. I've been watching. Uh, actually, I've been watching uh, uh, Monty, Monty Python episodes, old Monty Python. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I just I just uh, love them. I, you know, and watching the movies again, Holy Grail, Life of Brian. Uh, I, I also like to watch the uh the bbc uh, uh nature uh uh series that they have yes. the blue planet uh yeah. planet earth planet earth 2 it's it, i i you know I, I can't get enough of that stuff and any history documentaries i see on there whether it's during world war ii world war one uh i like to 
you watch uh, the Ken Burns Civil War, and he mm-hmm. has some other great ones. I, I like I like to watch a lot of the Ken Burns stuff. Civil War, the Roosevelts. He had a great. He had one about the West. He had one about the war, uh, the World War called the War about World War II, which is another really uh, fascinating series because the way he did it, instead of just going like a straight history, blah blah blah, he actually focused on soldiers and sailors and marines and the towns they came from and the stories behind them and and just the way the towns were reacting and just it, it really was you know a, a, a unique way to do it so my i don't i don't want i never watched a lot of television series because i was usually working at night and you know and i was usually too tired of coming home after putting the paper to bed so i you know I, but thank god for netflix and channels like that because i'd I'd miss watching that stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Really good recommendations there, Tom. And uh, last thing we'll ask you, tell the people how to find you. Oh, you, you can follow me on Twitter at, at T-E-E-K-J-J-A-Y-59. Patrick likes to make fun of that every time <laughs> we do that. Uh, I, just don't, I just don't need an underscore in my, 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 my Twitter, Twitter handle. But also <laughs> find me at newsleader.com. You find me on Instagram at uh, TomJacobsNL. Um, and, uh, or you can just email me at, uh, tjacobs at newsleader.com. If you have a question, comment, recommendation, uh, salutation, you know, uh, uh, you know, comment, compliment, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Tom, for coming on with us here on Yak Sports. We really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. I know I, I, I thank you for paying attention to the wrestling community and, uh, I know they'll appreciate it. it I don't know if I, I'll have any friends by the time I get back out there, but we'll see what happens. We love wrestling. We love oh, wrestling. I'm, well, I know we have. We can count you two as two the the two new friends of wrestling in Augusta County. There you go. All right, guys. All right, Joe. Time for the D block where we talk about ourselves. What is dominating your life, Joe? The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix. It's a two-hour movie, kind of, I guess. Uh, it's about six short stories uh, that they cram into two hours. It's actually really good. Um, the opening story is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and uh, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, and then a lot of them are kind of have a comedic aspect to it. Uh, and it's a, it's a good two hours. I'm going to try it out. I've never even heard of it, so I'm interested. Watch What's dominating my life? Uh, we've gotten deeper into the K to two girls basketball season, and nice. I'm out there coaching. No whistle or nothing. I just yell uh, to get attention, and uh, it's fun. I very I try to stay very positive. But where I'm going with this is I have them running up and down the court as much as I can. I have them moving around. I have them being aggressive, going after the basketball. I tell them the number one uh, theme for our team is defense because I'm just trying to drill aggressiveness into their head. I'm saying go get the rebound. Go get in front of that guy. Do this. Do that. And finally, one of the kids just says, what, what is a rebound? So I had to kind of take a step back and make sure I'm teaching the basics, terminology, all that. So I am a little got a little ahead of myself there in a moment. Luckily, we have some good parents that uh, kind of caught wind of me uh, skipping past some of those basics. So it's fun. It's, it's really fun. It's the truest part of the game. I mean, they are straight learning a new sport, some of them. So it's, it's really fun to be a part of it. Uh, and my daughter's on the young end of it. So I, I, it's fun to, you know, be teaching her directly, but also six other little girls that are, uh, we're going to have a decent little team. I have a, I have a good, a good center and yeah. I have uh, two girls that can really handle the ball. So I think, uh, we're going to get some wins this year. Awesome. Well, I'll, you know, you know, I'll be pulling for you guys. So best team of luck black with that. team black. Let's and go black team. Yeah. yeah. So what I know that you need to know is that last week, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we had a little office reunion happen out in Los Angeles. We had Creed, Toby, Kevin, uh, Daryl was there, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley, Phyllis, Oscar, uh, Dwight, um, Angela, Pam, and uh, Ed Helms. All of them, all yeah. of them were there. It was awesome. Just seeing a picture of it made me happy. Now that got everybody riled up talking about no. needing some kind of reunion or anything i'm fine with it ending the way that it is they ended those so well with especially michael's last episode was done so well and then when they did bring him back for the finale he had minimal and they didn't they didn't ruin a good thing 
They just need to let it be, leave it alone with what was old. And then they even talk about like a reboot and get it, like pick up the story. No, leave it alone. It's good like it was. Leave these old shows alone. It doesn't end up well. I think we've seen examples of that already. Yep. I am a big anti-reboot of The Office person. I love The Office. A reboot would make me not like The Office as much because the reboot is going to be terrible because remakes aren't as good as the originals nine times out of ten. And I realize I'm saying that about a show that was a copy of a British version of that show. But, <laughs> it was rebooted in America. <laughs> yeah, it was rebooted in America. But, I mean, like, look, if they want to do an office reboot in India or Australia or somewhere, have them, that's fine. Honest. They probably already have them. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't need another American version. Uh, I just, it's not going to be as good. I'm sorry. Let's let the people in Hollywood be creative and actually come up with their own story. That would be something new for a change. And I would actually welcome that. That's something that I think that industry is lacking. Yeah, I uh, agree wholeheartedly. Leave it alone. What okay. do you know? Well, I could have gone with Liverpool's big 3-1 win this weekend at Man United to stay top of the table, which is insane. It's a big Derby win. First time they've beaten Man United in the league since 2014, which is unbelievable. But I won't go with that for my what I know that you need to know. I will go instead with the Wright brothers who on this day in 1902 that we're recording, which again is Monday, December the 17th, uh, in 1902, they got their plane off the ground in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, their little glider, and took flight. And you can see that plane in Washington, D.C. at the National Air and Space Museum. I saw it this summer. It's pretty cool. I like it, man. I, I like when we dive for some actual knowledge instead of just random crap like I spit it out there. So, uh Hey, now we all are smarter because of Joe Deck. Knowledge is power. <laughs> One thing I wanted to clean up from earlier, we had Tom on. He was full of wrestling knowledge. You know, sometimes he can't be held accountable for the breaking news that happens while he's talking about wrestling, but he did just find out that the uh, Tinsley kid at Gap is coming back this season for wrestling. So it's a big addition for their program. So uh, anything he said there about him missing, not accurate, uh, small time later. I mean, this in real time while we're recording this podcast, we find out new news. So just wanted to clean that up for Tom. We told him we would, and uh, but he'll be back with more um, great wrestling knowledge throughout the season, especially towards the end as we get into, you know, postseason tournaments. Yeah. And look, uh, credit to Tom for correcting himself. I know that we say we like to do that, but sometimes we just let it slide. So, yeah. And, and we're, we're never claimed to be breaking news oh, on no. here. So, uh, we can always be late. <laughs> That's right. All right, Leland, one last bit of business before we go, let's give the folks a bowl game to watch this week. I mean, I have circled and I don't really even like it. it and I think I've already talked trash on it tonight. Memphis versus Wake Forest, the Jared Birmingham Bowl. Is that like Jared the jeweler? I believe so. God, that makes me even like it less. So anyway, noon on the 22nd on Saturday, Wake Forest versus Memphis. Memphis is where Fuente coached before. A lot of his guys are still there uh, coaching. Wake Forest, an ACC team. Interesting bowl match. I, I do like those you know, power five teams versus better non-power five teams just to see uh, measure and stick games. Uh, I know you want to see that at the highest level, but uh, that's the bowl game I picked this week. Okay. Uh, if you thought the Ohio Bobcats were playing in a bowl game and I wasn't going to make it the bowl game to watch, you, you were, were going to pick them wrong. Yes. The DXL Frisco Bowl. <laughs> the Ohio Bobcats taking on the San Diego State Aztecs. Loving the Bobcats in this matchup. I think they're going to win. Uh, they are averaging 41 points per game, which is insane compared to San Diego State's poultry 22. And, uh, you know, you look at the points allowed and they're pretty close. So huge advantage to Ohio. Go Bobcats. All right, Leland. Well, that will do it for us here on the Yak Sports Podcast. We're glad that you listened. Uh, be on the lookout. Our Christmas episode will not be out on Christmas Day, which is a Tuesday because Leland and I will be spending time with our families and I will actually not be editing this podcast like I am most Tuesdays. So we will spit that out on, I believe early. it was Saturday that we decided, or Friday. Whenever you decide to, early, we will have it in your lap for the holidays. Yeah, you'll have it for the weekend. You can listen to it on Christmas if you want. During or, Christmas dinner with the entire family. Yeah, that's how we, we want you to listen to it. didn't even get political this time, so we really made it good for you. Yeah, we want you to listen to it <laughs> in the sense that you're going to listen to it at Christmas. 
and force all your relatives to enjoy what you enjoy, which is the Yak Sports Podcast. And, and tell after, them to subscribe and follow. Yeah, subscribe <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, so uh, follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Podcast. Like us on Facebook and subscribe on podbean.com. You can also reach us, Yak Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Until the Christmas episode, which is on either Friday or Saturday being released, I'm Joe Deck for Leela McRae. Thanks for listening and good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.